Okay, I'm going to talk with Jenny Karchman, director, producer, who knows what, Emmy nominee. She works with Ron Howard and Brian Grazer's Imagine Entertainment, and they've grabbed more statues than the Wax Museum has dummies. Jenny Karchman was director, producer on Gossip, my four-part documentary series that was on Showtime four Sundays in a row and just ended last weekend. So, Jenny... When did all these documentaries, which are now all over us, when did they become so important? They've always been important. They've been important forever. They've gotten more popular as we've gotten more streaming outlets. We've got Netflix. We've got Amazon. We've got HBO Max. We've got you name it. They've got a streaming platform. Streaming platforms need content. And that's why they're even more popular than they were. Well, it seems that everybody gets a documentary now. Even my big joke, even orthodontists are getting documentaries. If you, if you, if you take a corn off a guy's foot, he gets a documentary. What is the purpose of making them? Because it's cheaper than cranking out a movie? It is cheaper than cranking out a movie. That's true. I think the purpose of making them is to appeal to as many different people as possible, as many different audiences as possible. If you like sports, there's a sports documentary. If you like music, there's a music documentary. If you like art, there's an art documentary. If you like pets, there's one about dogs. You name it, you've got built-in interest and an audience whose niche is that topic. So you know who you're appealing to. But we didn't have that before. We weren't, we're now lousy with them. We are stuck on our computers. We are stuck on our phones. We are stuck in front of a screen. First of all, we've all been inside of a pandemic, so we've all been in front of the television and computers for the last almost two years. There is so much time spent in front of these devices. These devices are catering to audiences who want to watch, who want to stay on, and that's what they are designed to do. Is it not because you guys who do this, you, you sort of get multiple awards each year instead of spending millions and billions making one cockamamie film? No question. The awards are a big piece of documentary filmmaking. And now documentary series are also a big piece of the awards uh, uh, circuit. So... Yes, documentaries are cheaper to make than fiction programming. Docu- documentaries are um, uh, popular because they're now series so that they, they call it sticky, where you make an episode and you want to make it sticky so that people stick to it so they watch the next one and the next one and the next one. That's a term in the industry. It's all designed to keep your eyeballs on that particular channel, on that subject. And then when you get a really popular one, award season takes off. Explain sticky. I don't quite, I've never heard the term. Yeah, I hadn't either until the world of streaming came to us. Sticky means that you want to stick the viewer's eyeballs to the screen. So if you finish one episode, how are you going to get them to watch episode two? How are you going to get them back? Do you create a... um, a, a teaser to episode two that's very uh, luscious, kind of a, a, a trailer, essentially, that has all the good stuff in it so that people stay and continue to watch. And the idea is you're sticking to the channel. Does it actually work? I think it works if you if you create it the right way, sure. 
Well, if a movie costs multi-millions and some docu-series about some who cares, you can make them for peanuts. You can... It's, it's like... It's like you guys are just high-priced organ grinders. It's like a monkey doing anything. I think I'm a little bit more talented than a monkey. Well, I wouldn't go that far, and I know you. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it's true. It's a lot less expensive. Your crews are... Look, we came to your house all the time. We were like four or five people. If you have a motion picture, you've got 200 people. It's a lot less expensive. It's not union, so you don't have to worry about overtiming. You don't have to worry about lunch breaks. And, you you know, it's it's a whole different industry. It's much cheaper to make. It's also, you know, for... For me, it's more interesting. It's real life. It's real people. I enjoy watching them. I enjoy making them because I'm connecting with you. I, I met you. I didn't meet an actress who's going to play you. I met you. Before we go into all the others, why did you guys descend on me? I'm going to blame Sarah Bernstein, who works at Imagine, who's the um, co-president of Imagine. Imagine was wanting to make something. That was with, Ron Howard and Brian and Razor. Brian. They yeah. wanted to make something with the New York Post. They've been talking to the New York Post for a while about what is something we could do with this great institution. The New York Post, I don't know what their answer was. I wasn't involved in those conversations. All I know is I got a phone call saying, would you like to do a series about the New York Post and Cindy Adams? And I said, Cindy Adams? Who's Cindy Adams? Not who is she? I know who you are, but who, who, who are we going to, what are we going to learn about Cindy Adams? Who, what, the question is always, who is this person? Who, who is this person going to be on screen? And I jumped at the chance. What does that mean? Who is this person going to be on screen? Meaning, how am I going to tell the story of Cindy Adams? Who, who is Cindy Adams? How do we unpeel the onion of Cindy Adams? You can say Cindy Adams is a gossip columnist. But really, what's the essence of Cindy Adams? That's what I mean. Well, I still don't understand. Why did you descend on me? You told me to. No, I, 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 I love New York. I love New York history. I love New York stories. I love journalism. I love anything to me that's iconic New York. To me, you are iconic New York. I think the post is fun. I think it's funny. I think it has a personality. I think New York City at the time when we started the series, which was 1976, had more personality than anything. And I would jump at the chance to go back into those archives to look at that footage and also to get to know you. Can you tell which one works and which one doesn't? Or past tense, can you tell which one worked and which one didn't? When you say which one, what, what do you mean? Not me. I don't mean me. In in the pantheon of all these documentaries, did you know which ones were so successful and which ones were not, and why? Well, the ones that I think, I mean, there's different kinds of success, correct? There's financial success, the ones where people rush to the box office. March of the Penguins was a huge success. Did I love it? I enjoyed it, but would I say it was one of the best documentaries I've ever seen? Eh. Another kind of success, I mean, Gimme Shelter, Albert Maisel's film about the Rolling Stones, to me is one of the greatest films ever made. It's about a concert, and a stabbing happens in the concert, and he happens to film it. It is amazing. It is amazing, amazingly put together. I think that's one of the most successful documentaries. 
it's they appeal to all different people and all different walks of life. What's the criteria of a good documentary to make it, in your opinion? I think a good documentary is a documentary that tells you something you didn't know, that gives you access to a world you would normally not have access to, that allows you to learn something not just about the subject, but about yourself, where you're watching something and you relate. You have empathy or you feel. You could hate it, but at least you're feeling. I'm talking to Jenny Karchman, who was the director on the four-part documentary Gossip, which featured me and was on for four weeks in a row as of last week. You told Variety that Ron Howard said about me, this is your quote, wow, she's such a character. What does that mean before I throw a rock at you? What does that mean? She's a character. She has a very unique space in the world. That sounds good. What does it mean by what character? Does it mean? What does it mean? You know what it means. No, you tell me. Oh, my God. It means that you walk a certain way and you talk a certain way and you address people a certain way and you're unafraid. I mean, that's the character that I've seen in you. You know, you can meet characters who are shy. You're not shy. Oh, okay. I thought I was always so terribly shy. Why did you call it gossip and not Cindy Adams? We went back and forth about calling it Gossip Starring Cindy Adams and Gossip. I personally liked Gossip Starring Cindy Adams. And that's it? That's the end of your conversation? I'm not going to talk to you much longer because I don't, I'm starting not to like you. Down at the riverbed, in the old days, are hieroglyphics on Egyptian walls with Sadie doing it to Irving. Hasn't Gossip been always since the beginning of time? Yes, you taught me that. You told me that. Yes, I know that when I am sitting with someone and I don't know them and I'm uncomfortable, the easiest way to make things a little more comfortable is to say something about something that I know that maybe they don't know about a person we know in common. Or maybe it's even, you know, finding out some information about asking a question that might reveal something about that person that might be a little bit secret. In other words, when you leave me, Big Mouth, you are now going to drop some stuff about me to someone else. Is that correct? That is so correct. I wish, <laughs> I wish I had good juice. Are you allowed to say bitch on, tele on, on the air? Bitch. Okay. <laughs> I'm told I could say it. So that's what... I just thought, okay, how does a hotshot movie company with all its awards and, and, I mean, Ron Howard has won everything, how does he decide which of the millions of humans to descend upon to make this kind of a thing? I wish I knew the answer to that. I'll well, make up an answer. Okay, well, the answer is what, are, what, do, what do people like? What do they want to watch? What do they care about? I... I honestly, truly wish I had the answer to that because there is this is this is not answering your question, but I'm just going to say this because this is really popular right now. True crime. Everybody wants a true crime story. Everybody wants murder. They want sex. They want it's tabloid. They want stories that are going to take you eight episodes into a crazy story. 
and you may or you may not find out who the killer is at the end, but they just want all those details. Something about our our attachment to that kind of escape and that kind of world where you're not you're not um, thinking about your own life. You're so engaged in somebody else's. Those are the kind of stories people are looking for. So tell me about some of the celebrities you work with. Well, celebrities or... Oh, I wish I could. So I made a film about Fran Lebowitz. I made a film about Ed Koch. It's all New York people. It's all New York people. You never did anything from Rhode Island? You never never went anywhere? What do you mean? I'm just New York people. That's all you do? Oh, oh. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm New York. New York. Yeah, I don't. I don't care about. Her. All right, so tell me about Ed Koch. Tell me about Dolly Parton. Tell me about somebody. Ed Koch was amazing. He was amazing. He was ninety years old. I was following him around. We were going. He. This was the election of Andrew Cuomo, whose office is across the street. Yes. <laughs> we were. Um, we. He was campaigning for governor. You know, for for the governor's election. So we followed him that year. He was the most gracious, the most uh, funny, and actually um, led us into everything. He led us into everything. He died the day the film came out. That's how bad the film was? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I loved the film. I loved the film. I really loved him. But, yeah, exactly. He, was, uh, he, he gave us a gift of promotion, I say. So does... Uh, 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 um, somebody like that, a politician, get as much excitement out of a reader or a watcher as a celebrity? No, as a Dolly Parton, no, as no, no. I mean, I would say probably Donald Trump is different. He was a celebrity before he was a politician. Um, but no, celeb- everybody loves celebrities. They love celebrities. Well, mine was four parts. What makes the decision, this will be a three-parter, a five-parter, a four-parter, what? It, that's a good question. I, I I'd like to have a good answer. Oh my for God! Jane. See, I get I, I get I get pummeled. Oh my God! I miss you so much. Say something. Okay. Why, so mine was four parts. Why? We took the decades. We took the decades. So, Murdoch. I decided the story was going to start in 1976. I went from 76 to the 2000s. Four decades. It's actually five, but we did four. We did two and one in the last episode. So that's that's why it's budget, it's schedule, it's what what they think is going to be most watchable. I'm not a network. Do some not work out after you've started? Oh, of course. Like, tell me. Gosh, I mean, you're always in a phase of development in the beginning where you are out in the world and you are gathering information and you're talking to people. I've done so many where you're starting to film. I, I was working for Martin Scorsese and I was working, I've worked on maybe four or five projects with him where we were just developing. We create all kinds of binders and we shoot with people. They may not work out for whatever reason, not because of the subject and, and the director, but just because maybe the timing's not right or it's too hard to, whatever. There are a million reasons, a million reasons. You're doing one now on sex. Could you please tell me about sex? Since I'm not having it at the moment, I would like to hear about others who are doing it. Well, here's the deal. There was a pandemic. People were trapped. Go ahead. Go. There was a pandemic and people were trapped inside. So single people or people who are not um, cohabitating with a partner were not having so much sex. 
Now they're having lots of sex. It's a free-for-all out there. So I'm in the lives of a lot of people who are, who are connecting, shall we say. What does that mean? They're having sex. What are you sex doing? What are you doing? You're, you're photographing them doing it? What are you doing on this thing called sex? Well, you have to say something or get, out, get off of my microphone. Tell me what they're doing. I am looking at their relationships. I am looking at how people come together. I am looking what attracts people to other people. I am looking at what they do in the bedroom. How close do you get? Very. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but you're not saying anything. No, because I asked you not to talk about it. Oh, I did. Do, do I remember doing it? Okay. How did, you, how did you define gossip? Mine was called gossip. How did you define it? What is gossip? Gossip is, is, is power. It's sharing information that might be a secret. And it is, it is receiving information that might be a secret. And it is sharing it again. It is power. It is, it, secrets are power. Okay, I'm about to get rid of you. But I would like to know, are any subjects tough to work with? Again, you're going to get silent? You, you are opening up a minefield Well, say something. Well, do you want me to say... Was I difficult to work with? <laughs> I'm going to go there. Cindy, you were so difficult. You were so difficult. You hung up on me so many times. Yes, and I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm about to do it right now. Okay, one more question since you're useless right now. How hard was it during lockdown pandemic to do this? Oh, Cindy, it was horrible. It was horrible. It, okay. You were not going anywhere. I was not going anywhere. No one wanted to leave their apartments. You and I would talk every single week. I would call you. I would ask you how you were doing. You said, not okay. I'm scared. I'm frightened. Everyone was scared and frightened. I was worried about you because you were, you know, I, I don't know who's coming by. I don't know who's visiting. We sent you babkas. We sent you bagels. We sent you candy. We sent you flowers. No jewelry. Oh, I'm so sorry. We sent you a sweater. <laughs> we, um, I, I felt, I will tell you something. It was very difficult, extremely difficult. I will say that the time I spent those nine months of calling you and getting to know you on the phone, not even filming you, was actually critical. It was critical. Had I not had that time, I don't know that I would have known you as well as I feel like I do now, but also I might not have been as comfortable with you as I feel like I am with you now. Good. Now that you're comfortable, get the hell off. You, you told me nothing. You gave me no juice. Oh you're, you're now temporarily my friend, and I've had enough with you. Jenny Karchman, get away from me. You say this to me all the time. <laughs> All the time. This time I mean it. And I still love you. That's the thing. I must love abuse. Goodbye, and I love you. I Jenny. love you. Thanks. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.